Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Polaris Studio. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Everything you own in the box to the left, in the closet. That's my stuff. Yes, if I bought it, please don't touch, don't try and keep talking. Where are you at on Queen B? Oh my gosh, you don't even want to do this right now. What does that mean? It means I have probably the worst opinion for a lot of really sketchy reasons of Beyonce. That would be that would be the least surprising thing because that's what you have on everything. Oh, that's I, right because you've w- got this Illuminati thing. Well, going it's, on yeah, that. but it's also more than that. I, I I think that I think Beyonce is in, incredibly talented. I think she's incredibly talented. Let's end right there. It's two telling new on us one zero two nine ESPN Radio. I think that the way her music has evolved, which it's a testament to her that she's reinvented herself so many times and that her music has continued well, to just evolve. just twice, right? <laughs> Once, really. I mean, she did well, Destiny's but, but, Child but, and then herself. Uh, but but she, she went from, at her core, she's a gospel singer, right? I mean, she has gospel singing roots. She's yeah. very much akin to a Whitney Houston. And she went away from that towards more of a power pop diva. And I have massive respect for it. I just don't necessarily enjoy her music. I would think of you as a power pop diva. From this song forward, I'm not into it. I, I'm When it comes to listening to female solo artists, if you have a beautiful voice, I'm all in. I'll go all soft for you. Give me straight up the power ballad. I want to hear Beyonce Knowles singing like the songs that she but what, what was that music video where she, she's just it's a single shot and she's wearing the white tank top and she's just singing it's so beautiful i don't know oh man I'll, I, I'll, all i'm gonna say is that that was a great take what's the matter with that take that's an excellent you, you gave a great assessment it wasn't sketchy one not sketchy well thank you it's two telling new one is 1029 espn radio hour number two if I, you Missed anything in hour number one? Just a second. You're going to get your opportunity. It's a long segment here at the top of the hour.
Hour number one uh, is available wherever you get your podcast. The Two Tell and Nuanas podcast is out there for you. Rate, review, subscribe. We appreciate that. It is available thanks to friends at Alpine Touch and Blackfoot. Uh, you can call if you would like to. 361-3688. Give us your Beyonce opinions. We'll accept them uh, or whatever else you'd like. All guests join us via the Regish Brothers RV phone line. And you listen live if you'd like to on your device, your tablet, your computer, wherever you are, the world over with the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. The stream is there all the time, and the stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Okay, Coulter. I now don't don't ruin it. Well, okay, I'm not going to ruin it. Right actually, now, it would be an A. For, first of all, first of all, the song that I was referring to is actually the song that you just played. That's the music video that oh. I was like, like that's that is my favorite Beyonce song, the one you just played. Cool. Um, I think that the reason I have like that. First of all, I don't. I haven't really liked how her career has evolved, but also I think that since her and Jay Z got together, Jay's they. I think Jay-Z's stuff has gone Jay's. way downhill as well. Well, listen. But but I get it. This isn't a John and Yoko situation, if that's what you're alluding to. No, no. It's it's a uh, it's a go all in on appealing to the masses. Mass appeal. That's what Beyonce and Jay-Z have, have gone towards. Yeah. But isn't it also, uh, he's a producer and he's got the businesses he's doing. He's not just making music. In fact, that might be like number eight on the list of things that, you know, that he's up to right now. And who knows what, what she's doing, you know, what other pots she's stirring. <laughs> <laughs> right. Where do you stand on Pharrell Williams? Ooh, uh, great producer. Love Pharrell. Yeah, I mean. Really? Yeah, why huh. not? Interesting. You, what, you don't like Pharrell? I cannot stand Pharrell. Why? Because he just keeps showing up. <laughs> Dude, every like awards, music awards thing, guess who they show? There's Pharrell Williams. That's yeah, because he's oh, the one guess what? doing it. It's because he's uh, the one making all the music, right? There's a promo for Isn't he Disneyland. Everybody's producer? Pharrell, in it. He never goes away. And what else is he doing besides the happy climb along, the happy song? <laughs> what else is he doing? He's a producer. He's making all those people's music. He's producing himself as a figment in every single piece of entertainment that exists on television. It drives me crazy. The new show, 6 to 7 p.m., Trail 103.3, Tuesday evenings with Tommy Evans. You can hear all the music that he believes to be great. And Weird opinions. Right on. Good songs. Yeah, and that is it's it's all it's all fact. Coulter, the uh, NB uh, the NFL, excuse me, MVP odds came out. The Vegas numbers uh, a couple a uh, couple of days ago. The post draft numbers, and you know it's is a fool's errand here. You know the 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 whole betting and all that kind of stuff, particularly on on things like this. But I think it highlights a couple of things that are. Uh, are somewhat interesting to me and some things that I also just don't understand. Mm -hmm. So the last two NFL MVPs are the uh, shortest odds to win again this season. Patrick Mahomes, the winner two years ago, is at plus 400, also known as 4-1. to Lamar Jackson is at 6-1. to Those are unbelievably short short odds. odds. I mean, mean, that's, that's 
to, to pick one guy before a season's even started and be four to one to win the, the the MVP is is stunning. Particularly when these guys just I mean, you're telling me that Lamar Jackson's six to one to go back to back. I'm not I'm not on yeah, board no, that, with that. that. That's remarkable. That's the worst odds on here. I mean, that's the worst bet you could make. I think I I, I actually tend to agree because people are going to find a way to to, to defend you Action Jackson. On. You move on. Uh, There's no way he can catch lightning in a bottle like they did last year. I mean, they won. Didn't they win 13 games in 12, a row? 12, 12 games straight. in a row. Yeah. yeah. They were two and two. They finished 14 and two. Best record in the NFL. Yep. I mean, he was lighting it up. I just don't know. If, I mean, he's an amazing player. I just don't know if you can parlay that again. Because well, to win the MVP back-to-back years, don't you have to outdo yourself? See, that's the thing. The, I don't think it was lightning in a bottle. I think Lamar Jackson's that dang good he is he's amazing but i also think that it was a revelation to people what he was doing and that plays into oh and obviously you go 14 and 2 i mean the what he did was a revelation to people on the best team in football by record and so that he should have been the mvp like i'm i'm with that the idea that the ravens will be the best team in football again by record certainly isn't off the table they very well may be they're going to be a very good football team again but they're not going to surprise anybody, and it's just—I mean—the idea that you're going to win 12 straight in in for any team at any time is just you just bet against it. Like it ain't going to happen, and it won't be so surprising. Like it'll still be amazing, right. but it won't be surprising when he sure. does what he does. So I I just I go away from that. And that's the last two MVPs, right? I mean, that's right. They both have the element of whoa, right, right. This guy's coming. He came out of nowhere. The, Not out of nowhere because Mahomes was a top 12 pick, but still. You know what I mean? I mean, people were like, wow, this guy is here. He is he is here, and he's going to be a contender for this for a long time. If I was if I was going to take the guy that I think is most likely to me to actually win the MVP, I would bet on the third shortest on this board, and that is Russell Wilson. He's at 8-1, to one, and the reason I like Russell Wilson is this. He's never won it, and Lamar Jackson was unanimous, I believe, in the, uh, in the voting last year. Russell Wilson has never received an MVP vote. That's amazing. Never received a vote to be the he was he was second last year by you know as, as they tallied it up, but never received an a vote to be the MVP from anybody at any time. I think that sometimes people over the course of a career, all of a sudden like their work gets appreciated, and if they have a high watermark season that isn't clearly and obviously outdone by some other individual, I think a lot of writers media members and so forth go you know what he he deserves it now like he's put in his time he's had a great season and he deserves it now and so i i think russell wilson is positioned like if he patrick mahomes lamar jackson had roughly equivalent seasons and their teams were all like 11 and 5 or whatever it is like there's a lot of people who would find a reason to say hey it's russell this year so i think that he's got a good chance along those lines Here's where I here's where I don't understand this at all. Deshaun Watson is twelve to one. Okay, that's fine. I think that I think Houston is poised to take a step back for a lot of reasons that are pretty obvious. But Deshaun Watson, I love. Dak Prescott is fifth on this at fourteen to one. That is bonkers to me. Now I know that he threw for forty five hundred yards or whatever it was last year and had had a big season numerically uh, speaking. Excuse me. His team underachieved. Everybody thinks they improve. They get CeeDee Lamb. They do the whole thing. And so people believe in this football team. And if right. Dallas is good, like if you're the quarterback of the Cowboys, that goes for you, right? To a certain extent. How much do you think you how much run do you think you get out of that? Being the quarterback for the Cowboys? Well, 
Um, I, I, I think that you'd presume a lot, but I actually just looked up the top 10 NFL players to never win MVP. And two of them, Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman, are Dallas Cowboys quarterbacks. That's right. But I, I guess the point is, is that the Cowboys have never had... I think you get a lot of play from it, but I also think you get a lot of scrutiny from it. Let's put it like this. The Cowboys haven't had a really good quarterback in like 20 years. If the uncontroversially best quarterback in football was also the quarterback of the Cowboys. Right. Signed, sealed, delivered. Like if Patrick right? Mahomes played for the oh, Cowboys. I mean, get out of here. Right. Just puke in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Salonen, shout out. Uh, so, yes, but but all I'm saying is this. I, I, I like Dak Prescott. I think he's a good quarterback. I like him, I think, more than you like him. Yeah, you do. But I don't love him, and there is no way that he's fifth on the list to win the MVP of the league next year ahead of, hello, Drew Brees. Okay, you talk about Aaron Rodgers, no chance. Kyler Murray. I like Kyler Murray totally. way more than Dak Prescott for something like this. Doesn't Ezekiel Elliott have a better chance than Dak Prescott on his own team? It's hard to say for running backs yeah. in terms of Vegas odds, but if a Cowboy was to win the MVP, it's going to be Ezekiel Elliott, not Dak Prescott. I agree. I just just the reality is the way they're building this thing, man, they're going to throw that ball all over the place. Like it's not going to be feed Zeke thirty times and then you know no, throw, but throw it, some but, underneath. But stuff. it could be feed Zeke twenty times and he still rushes for fifteen hundred yards because it's going to be a lot looser with the speed they get. But, but if he runs for fifteen hundred yards on twenty touches a game, he ain't the MVP of the league. Period. Like that, that's like he's at the wrong position. You can't be it. Yeah. Uh, so. Couple thoughts on these odds. First of all, I can't believe that anybody would ever give Kirk Cousins any odds to win the MVP. Kirk Cousins is ten trillion to one to win the MVP. He will never win the NFL MVP. Oh man! If it happened, let's mark that audio. I mean, I, I, I I'm moving to Tierra del Fuego if Kirk Cousins wins the MVP. Yeah. Uh, it's I it's over for me. Um, my three, the the, the three that I think would be the best. Money value here yeah. to bet. Yeah. My my third highest money value, Kyler Murray. Certainly. You and I are both on Kyler yeah, Murray. I think he, he I don't know if they're gonna be good enough. Twenty five to one. He's gonna way. put up big, big, big numbers. Seems seems like it. For sure, I think. My second pick is Aaron Donald. I knew you were going to say he's the only defensive player on this list. Am I right mm -hmm. about that? Mm -hmm. Ten thousand plus ten thousand, so a hundred to one. Yep. But then the, the the one I would bet the farm on, the one I'd throw down all the money on. I know what you're. I already know what you're going to talk about. Law. I so I wanted to talk about Tua here because this two hundred to one. This is so bizarre. Joe Burrow is a hundred to one. Dwayne Haskins is a hundred to one. Aaron Donald, a the a I mean. A peerless player, but a defensive interior lineman is a hundred to one. Nick Foles eighty to one. Man, Nick Chubb eighty to I one. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, Gardner Minshew, get out of here. Tua is two hundred to one. I think it's it's such a testament to people still being uncertain about his health, man. I and and I I think that there is a belief that he's not going to play exactly. Not even health related, but just for. Partially health related, but because they still have Ryan Fitzpatrick right in Miami, who they're you know and give Tua one more year to get back healthy, to get, learn to the get system. all the way, do the thing, be the you know the, the to to learn it all. But for me, if he if he if he, I think he probably got to be a day one starter at least. I mean, maybe you could wait till week three 
and still have a look at it, but you're not coming in you're not coming in after the first month of the season and winning an MVP. Like that's just not the way it works. Yeah, and the other reason the odds are bad for him is because he plays for the Dolphins. He doesn't really have anybody to throw no doubt. to. But if there was ever a guy where you go, could a rookie quarter not ever, but but yeah. certainly in this class, but the dynamic if there's a quarterback the, that could do it, it's that's the one. And the the surprise element we're talking about with Patrick Mahomes and and Lamar Jackson, he's the guy on the list that has that more than anybody. Yeah. Not surprised, but wow, he he's back. Wow fact. He's back. Yeah. He's got it again. Well, and and also the he's got it again, but you 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 just never had it for the first time in the NFL. Like it's right. a, it's an amazing thing and I certainly expect when Tua steps on the field and starts slinging it, you go, "Well, that's an NFL quarterback right there, no right. doubt." Right. But it he's also going to it's also <laughs> going to take a decade if ever for him to get the skill players around him that he had at Alabama oh, in the last couple of years. Right. I mean, he straight up, he straight up had <laughs> nothing but first-round picks. It's true. Like they have more first-round picks on the Alabama offense than any offense in the NFL again, besides the Falcons. I mean, it all works together, right? They, he had more first-round picks to throw to than Aaron Rodgers ever had, but also he's a first-round pick. Like, he, sure. he's, he, he absolutely is. So I'm, I'm with you on that. But it, it, it's such an interesting thing to watch, guys, the first couple. I love the first preseason game, man. When you see some of these high draft picks and you go, I remember Ezekiel Elliott. I believe that they played the Seattle Seahawks in their first preseason game. It was certainly in the preseason of his rookie year. And he prepared for it and everything running downhill, ran and stood up and then backed up Cam Chancellor, who was coming for him. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Who? To who? And that was, I mean, I you see it once and you just go, well, that's that's all you need to know right there. Yeah, that's that's an all-pro running back soon, if not now. And so, and you can get those same, I felt like I had that, that same sort of moment with Cam Newton. The first time I watched Cam Newton play in a preseason game and you just go, good gracious. I mean, he's just... He's first of all incredible. His size compared to everybody as a quarterback is insane. But also just him out there, just handling it. It's it's not you know the pressure, the quote unquote pressure of it. But the it is is it's a big deal to a lot of guys. This is their dream to be in the NFL. I think it's so interesting that guys, everybody that's playing in the NFL presumably had a goal to make it to the NFL because I don't think you. I don't think there's very many people out there, regardless of your skill set, where if you, you don't just like fall into it because you are that athletic or whatever, you got to work right. at it. You got to make it a priority. Yeah. But there's a bunch of guys who it's their dream to be to the NFL, but they also know that expect this is where I this is where I'm supposed to be. Other guys, seventh round draft pick, free. It's like, man, I made it. This is so awesome. But they play with they play with great energy, but also that pressure. Sure. At times. Yeah. And. A guy like Cam Newton walks out there and goes, "Yeah, let's let's roll." That's why it's so perplexingly doesn't have a deal yet. It's crazy. At the, at the end of the day, though, we're talking about what would be good bets. Yeah, but Patrick Mahomes is the favorite to win the MVP, right? Yeah, I mean Patrick Mahomes would have won. Oh, you mean? But I mean, just in, in general, in general, right? I mean, if he doesn't get hurt last year, don't you think he probably wins a second one? I don't know though. Really hard to overcome the magic of the Lamar Jackson season last year. I, but Mahomes still put up tremendous numbers with missing what two. Maybe three full games and then being hindered for a good portion of a couple more. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I still. I, I mean, I said I think it, I, I'd like Russell Wilson to be my favorite to actually win the thing. I think Patrick Mahomes is second for me. Um, but Patrick Mahomes is. I mean, 
He's he is he's probably this season away from just sort of being declared the best quarterback in football. What? He's he's absolutely already the best quarterback in football. Nah. What are you talking about? No. Did you watch him? Have you watched him? Yes. Yes, I have. Did you watch him two years ago when he threw two hundred touchdowns? I did. Actually, I mean, how many touchdowns did he throw <laughs> the two years ago? Watch him win the Super Bowl. Yes, I did. I mean, man, I don't know. I think you have to say. I mean, he's he he's, he's one the, injury away from being back to back MVP and the Super Bowl MVP and a Super Bowl winning quarterback when he's like twenty three years old, twenty four years old. How old is Patrick Mahomes? He's the best. He's the best arm I've ever seen. Uh, he's the only guy who I love watching throw whether it's complete or not. Like, his incompletions are just as good as his completions sometimes. 24 years old. But I think that he's got, he's still got, let's put it like this, he's benefited greatly because of his physical skill set and the physical skill set of the guys around him. Sure. And there's nobody, like, that's nothing but praise to be heaped on the Chiefs and their organization for yeah. doing it and the guys that play there. I mean, so, that's what it takes. I mean, that's right. right. You give them all the credit in the Jerry world. Rice, Joe Montana had to have Jerry Rice. Tom but, Brady had to have Rob Gronkowski. But also, like, is he sitting back there and dissecting defenses mentally before the snap, doing all the things that great quarterbacks do? I think he's doing some of that. But a lot of it is reliance on his otherworldly skill set. And again, that's what you should be doing. And if you have it, you deserve all the credit in the world, and he does. But if you're talking to me about the position of quarterback particularly, it's there, there's, a, there's a number of ways to be a great quarterback, okay? There's, we, we've seen great quarterbacks in, I mean, from Tom Brady to Lamar Jackson, you couldn't have two different actual players in the NFL than those two guys, and they're playing the same position, and they're playing it at an elite level for, for, for hugely different reasons, okay? So that's all I'm saying is there's a, a huge difference in, in or there's a huge uh, breadth of ways to be good. Patrick Mahomes is not good. He's great. He's elite as a quarterback. He is as I, I mean, he's the best arm that I've ever seen. Okay, so there. So I, I've said it. And it's not just about having a great arm. It's having a great arm and having the the nuance, the ability, the skill set to deliver it, to put it where it needs to be, to do all of that stuff. But also. I think in your second year as an NFL player, there is just there is not the number of reps, the number of opportunities to learn, to understand defenses, and to do all the things that it that will take him to yet another level. And that's the thing that I think is preposterous is he's got he's got a lot of room to grow, to yeah. grow. And so that's why. But but I don't think it is unanimous. I don't think it's by any stretch unanimous that he's the best quarterback in football. He's certainly in that conversation. Mm. I think in in Perhaps one year, the, if it keeps going like this, he, we, it won't be a question. It will be it will be unanimous. You're talking the wrong guy because the only other guys in the mix I hate. So Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson oh can't get goodness. any love from me. Right for the oh ten best guys to never win the MVP. To never win, to never the win the MVP. Okay. So I thought that was interesting that stat you dropped about Russell Wilson never even getting an MVP vote. That's right. pretty crazy. Yeah. Warren Moon. Okay. And this is actually by NB MVP seasons too, like the year that they should and could have won the MVP. Mm. Warren Moon threw for 4,700 yards in 1990. Mm. And Joe Montana won the MVP. Tony Dorsett, 1978, rushed for more than 1,400 yards. Troy Aikman. Randy Moss. Particularly when Randy Moss had his 26 touchdowns. 26 touchdown season in 2007. Did Tom Brady win it that year? 
Tom Brady won it that well, year. Okay. Fifty tuds on the dot. Yeah. I mean But uh I mean it makes your job a little easier. All you gotta do is just chuck it. I mean Let's put it like this. Everybody's making everybody's job a little easier. I thought uh, Ryan Rosillo's take was so funny. He was like, when Dante Culpepper signed in Miami, and then all of a sudden he didn't have Randy Moss, I wonder if one day he just ever looked in the mirror and was like, man, I'm actually not good. That guy was just good. <laughs> I, I, I'm not good. Yeah. Because Dante Culpepper was one of the best quarterbacks in the league because he had Randy Moss. And then after that, before and after, he was nothing. Jerry Rice. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. I, I, it's, again, I mean, it's so frustrating to me that this is, you know, the quarterback running back award. Right. Primarily the quarterback award, and then occasionally maybe a running back award. Gary Rice is two-time NFL Offensive Player of the Year, but never won I mean, an MVP. When's the last time you actually looked at Jerry Rice's numbers? Well, not too terribly long ago because he's he's got 22,000 receiving yards 22,895 receiving yards and that is 7,000 more than <laughs> is it Larry is it Larry and second? Larry Fitzgerald and Terrell, Terrell Owens and Randy Moss <clears throat> are all in that mix with in about that, 15 in, to 16,000 yards yeah so so Larry Fitzgerald has is two-thirds of the way to Jerry Rice Randy Moss Jerry Rice caught 47 more touchdowns than Randy Moss 47 more. Mississippi Valley State, shout out. Jerry Rice had 92 catches for 1,311 yards and nine touchdowns when he was 41 years old. Yeah. 41. So, yeah, some of his statistical seasons, I mean, 1995, 122 catches, 1,848 yards and 16 tuds. Amazing. Let me ask you this. I think you're going to like this, okay? Jerry one of the reasons to me that some of the great quarterbacks that we've seen have been what you might call prototypical quarterbacks rather than running quarterbacks, and we could talk about you know all this stuff all day long, but we, we, we know the great shift to the RPO and having a, the danger of the threat of the run or in some cases just a straight runner in a, in a guy like Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. But also, your athleticism, your speed, your quickness fades, okay? right. And certainly your arm fades over time, although less so than than the quickness and all that kind of stuff. Yep. But we've talked about this before. Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, on their absolute best day, were running a five seven forty. <laughs> right. You know. So why are they such great quarterbacks? Because they've only ever had to stand in the pocket and figure it out, right? And deliver right. and do right. the thing. And so if you can do that, you can just keep doing that for a long time. Whereas some of these guys. You know, okay, the injury thing, but like RG three never had to learn, never did learn to how to stand in the pocket and do it. He just took off when 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 it and then it, and then when he couldn't do that anymore, he couldn't be a quarterback any longer. Russell Wilson is maybe the best mix of those two things that I've ever seen: the ability to do it in the pocket and the ability to get out and run. But it also translates a little bit to me to wide receiver randy moss the fastest and maybe longest the combination is just insane larry fitzgerald the strength of skill all that kind of stuff. but jerry rice was never fast by any standard certainly by wide receiver standard he was never you know the the biggest wide receiver or anything like that but he he had the work ethic which is you know renowned you know legendary work ethic and also the mental capacity and you know who he reminds me of in that respect hmm. right now and 
I, I realize it's a huge overreach, but it's Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, right? Cooper Cup is the guy who is not fast, who isn't you know a lot of a lot of the things that you think of when you look at wide receivers and size and all that kind of stuff, but who understands the 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 nuance and the beauty of route running, outthinks the defense and spatial awareness, be, spatial awareness, the, the the hands right, the ability to catch the ball, the focus and all that kind of stuff. Is he Jerry Rice? No, no one's Jerry Rice. He's not even close. But he he has limitations in certain respects that maybe make him even more valuable in other ways. You know what I'm saying? Right, absolutely, 100%. The other guys that were the best players never win the MVP, Gail Sayers, Jim Kelly, Roger Staubach, hmm. Drew Brees. That's why I got to this list because I was looking up if Drew – because you mentioned Russell Wilson. I was yeah. like, was Drew Brees ever won one? I don't know if Drew Brees ever has won an MVP. Yeah. And – the number one greatest player to ever win the MVP, Eric Dickerson. It's a good list. It's two telling Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Take a quick break on the other side. Michael Jordan, he was worried about what people would think about him in terms of his image or his perception from the last dance. Some people, I guess, are thinking that he doesn't, he, this hasn't shined too great a light on him. I'm not one of them, and I don't understand those people. We'll talk about it a little bit right after this. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. The sun's out for the day and there's probably a rainbow But I don't care Cause all the colors left with you One hundred two nine ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with all of you out there. Thanks for letting us be there with you at Gus Tutel. That's me on Twitter. If you're looking for it, at one hundred two nine ESPN and uh, at Skyline Sports MT as well. Um, and just to reiterate the point, Patrick Mahomes, he's he's it's just not unanimous that he's the best. Just so we're clear, just wanted to. Just make sure that we're all on the same page. Oh, uh, man. Coulter, the last dance, uh, you and I have enjoyed it very much. We haven't spent the time talking about it that that they have, mostly because they are talking about it on the national you know, side of things, and that's fine. But you and I have both been, you know, children a second time around as many people have, you know, re-watching or watching this, you know, for the first time, but re-watching, you know, these the, the memories of these teams and specifically uh, of Michael Jordan and what he did. But it is interesting to me because a even Michael Jordan on the front end of this said that he was, you know, worried that, that people's perce- perception of him would be 
would be you know lessened or altered negatively in some respect by having by watching this and i for one for whatever it's worth i have had nothing but more love for michael jordan than what i had before and i don't know who the people you know if if you had a documentary or something come out about you and it was you know about your life or whatever and you go back and you go well what did i do in 1998 and when the cameras were on and all that kind of stuff and you sit there and you go well yeah this might have a bad this might put me in a bad light somehow or some way you know so anybody who would have that happen to them i think could sit there and be be worried about it certainly but from a basketball standpoint and a persona standpoint this has done nothing to heighten my appreciation, fandom of, however you want to characterize it, of Michael Jordan. Now, granted, I am not an unbiased sample, okay? But I don't see where people are coming from, like, especially on the, like, well, hard on his teammate stuff. I I, I just haven't seen it. Like, I know that he got into a couple of fights. You're going to tell me that Michael Jordan is the only guy to ever punch a guy in practice in an NBA, like, you know, situation? You're going to tell me that the Pistons never had a brawl in practice with Chuck Daly or something, you know, going on? Like, eh, eh, come on. you kidding me? So because it's Michael Jordan, it's it's a bigger deal. And certainly, at the point that you have a fist fight, you've crossed the line. Like, you can't, you can't have a fight in practice, okay? But also, just that... To me, is is not even really an exception to the rule. I think it's generally what what certainly did happen at one time. I don't know how much it happens now, but that 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 there would be fights wouldn't necessarily be that surprising a thing. Almost like training camps in the NFL. I mean, you're just waiting for the episode three of Hard Knocks because you know this is the time where you can't stand each other now. Now I know football's different from basketball, but you know it's just going to happen anyway. But when it, I, I thought we were going to see. In practice, MJ exploding on guys, screaming at guys in their face about not being in the right spot, about you can't do this, about get out of here, you don't deserve to be here, whatever. Kobe Bryant style. You don't see it at all. Like, you see the 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 sideways look, certainly the talking to him, and he would he would get on guys while in sort playing. of a mean, joking way. Like, he'd also always... trash talking to while tra- you're playing. That's right, doing all that kind of stuff. I haven't yet seen him just go... Bleep, 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 get out. Yeah, but so much of it is that, again, we analyze all this stuff through the lens of people that are obsessed with sports, and so many people that are listening to this are as well. But, I mean, would you agree that Michael Jordan is the the athlete that has had more of an impact on popular culture than any other athlete that's ever lived? Yes. It's not close, right? Probably not. So, I mean, they say that about... 10 to 12% of Americans love sports to the level that we do, where you are, you really know all the ins and outs of what's going on in all the pro and college sports leagues. You could have a pretty good discussion about everything that's on the national networks, you know, sports wise, right? You know that Vanderbilt is located in Topeka, Kansas, (laughs) that kind of stuff, that kind of good knowledge, but good drink. There's so many people that know who. There's so many people that knew who Michael Jordan was that didn't know anything about basketball, right? Yeah. Oh, that didn't and know. So that's what I'm thinking is that there's probably a lot of people that are watching this that knew Michael Jordan as the guy who sold shoes, the guy who did the Mars Blackman commercials with mm. Spike Lee, the guy who did the Gatorade commercial Be Like Mike, the guy who's in Space Jam. And if you just think of Michael Jordan like that, it might be shocking to know that he punched Steve Kerr in the face. 
Yeah. My mom loves Steve Kerr. She didn't know that Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr in the face. She was like, why did he do that? That's so not nice. Steve Kerr's such a nice guy. And it's like, well, actually, Steve Kerr is one of the great, <laughs> he's one of the guys that tricked everybody by making people think he's a nice guy. Yeah. Steve Kerr is actually one it's of the biggest. Yeah, I mean, it. yeah, Steve Kerr is, is a hardcore competitor. It's like he even says in that documentary, he goes, I'm as competitive as anybody. I'm just not very good. <laughs> Like I could, I was competitively appear with Michael Jordan. I just can't touch him because I'm not good. Right. But I, I agree with you, though. I, I, I mean, I haven't found any of this stuff crazy or shocking. But uh, here is what it here. Here's what is shocking. You blew my hair back with this one today. Okay, because they go through and they go around and everybody's getting interviewed, and we know that one of the guys on on Michael Jordan's inner circle is Ahmad Rashad, mm-hmm. and Ahmad Rashad. It was a phenomenal, by the way, phenomenal reporter. Like mm-hmm, I thought great. That he was he's just as good as it gets. And a, a former, you know, NFL football player, great, great football player. So many people forget he's such a great reporter and analyst that people forget that he had such a great sports career. I mean, he's right. in the College Football Hall of Fame. He's one of the great Oregon players of all time. I mean, he's from Mount Tahoma High School in, in uh, Tacoma, Washington, mm-hmm. played at Oregon, number four overall pick the 1972 draft. Played in the NFL for the Cardinals, the Bills, and the Vikings. Had an 11-year NFL career. Six-time Pro Bowl. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that he was a Pro Bowler six times over. I mean, that's... that's he was a Pro Bowler for the all, all of his years of the Vikings. 1976 yeah. through 1982. Um, but he is... You know, they go through and, you know, you're, they're interviewing guys. And I think he asked them to get the shot that has my arm in it. I mean, he's like... He's... He's loaded up, man. Ahmad Rashad's looking good. And he's like friends with Michael Jordan and everything like that. And you said to me. So I got to tell the story how I got to this point. Okay. So there's this sports account I follow on Twitter that is, uh, it's like all about the sports in the 70s. Okay. It's just funny pictures of sports in the 70s. The funny jerseys, the funny mustaches, you know, Doc Ellis throwing the no-hitter after he accidentally took acid. Like funny things like that. Yeah. The picture today was... Do you think it was captioned? Do you think Ahmad Rashad wants a do-over on his groomsmen? And it was when he was marrying the gal who played Claire Huxtable on the Cosby Show. Right. His two best men are Bill Cosby and O.J. Simpson. This is like circa nineteen, like late seventies. Yeah. So then I'm like, wow. So then I'm start reading Ahmad Rashad's Wikipedia. And, okay, so he played in Buffalo with O.J. Simpson. So, okay, that makes sense. That's why they're friends. And this is... You know, this is 10-plus years before all of the bad O.J. stuff goes mm-hmm. down. And he married Felicia Ayers Allen in 1985, so this is the height of the Cosby show, too, right? But then I start reading through, and I'm like, wait, so I'm doing the math. I'm like, this guy was drafted in 1972, huh? This guy played 10 years in the NFL. I said, wait, how old is Murad Rashad? I look at this thing. He's born in 1949. The dude's going to be 71. I'm sitting here, look at this guy. Like, if you put Michael Jordan and him next to each other, you're like, oh, yeah, Jordan's a couple years older. <laughs> they're the same age. They're, they're 70. Peers. He's, He's 70. Now, the one thing I will say that I don't know when all of these obvious, like, I mean, sure, it could have been David Stern taped is, a couple, is couple in years this ago. Thing, right. Okay, right. So we know that, that this, that maybe, maybe he's 65. Or whatever when they do this interview with him. But are you kidding me? Maud Rashad, congratulations to you. Uh, how about, but also, how about Michael Jordan's mom? Yeah. I mean, right. she looks beautiful. Yeah. She looks like she's in her 50s. Well, I mean, she 
she gave birth to Michael Jordan, man. man. Like I mean, every time they interview her. his brothers, I'm just like, man, what, what a double-edged sword to yeah. be Michael Jordan's brother, man. I mean, how do you live up to that? Well, you don't. I mean, it's like being my brother. Awesome. <laughs> you know, you got no shot. Oh my. Uh, in any case, I just think that the, the 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 only guy who looks truly bad here's this is my biggest frustration with this whole thing. Okay. The only guy who looks bad in this is Jerry Krause. What and about Scottie Pippen? Scottie Pippen looks looks not great, too. You're right. And I think it's pretty crazy. I don't like when reporters do this, but I also find it interesting when it does happen. Right now, the whole narrative coming into this was this is going to make Michael Jordan look bad, and now all these guys on ESPN.com, The Athletic, they're all writing all these stories, all these follow-ups with former teammates of Pippen that played with the Bulls when Jordan wasn't there or then played with Scotty after he left. And every one of these articles is just, oh, yeah, no, Sky Pippen, trash, hated him, terrible leader. See, and that's crazy. But in in this, though, I mean, even Steve Kerr was on the record talking about, look, when, Scotty, when it was Scotty Pippen, he, he was very different from Michael and probably something we needed, and that's probably why we were successful right. the but, year after he left. But, I mean, when he – imagine if Twitter was around back then, how bad Scotty Pippen was be, would be getting killed – when he, I mean, one of the best lines of the whole documentary so far is when Scotty's like, I didn't have surgery until November because they're, they're not going to screw up my summer. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm doing my thing but, in the summer. That doesn't make him look bad to me, right? I mean, it makes your cross look bad. You see, Aaron, you but go, how about, hey, when, how about when Scotty won't go in against the Knicks and, that's and all- they let Tony Kukoc take the shot? And Steve Kerr's like, we're in the locker room. We don't know what to think because we Tony Kukoc, this rookie, just hit this game winner. We're like, yeah. He banged that but shot, But then too. our captain is over here. Throwing a fit, and we love Scotty. So how are we going to bring him along? No, I mean, there's no question that that is uh, that that is a very that's as bad a look as you can have when you talk about the arena of professional athletics on on the floor type of stuff. I mean, that's it. It's terrible. And for him to say, you know, I understood why the guys felt like that. I apologize. And if I had it to do over again, I don't know if I would change anything. I thought that was pretty telling to the present day. So I think that that doesn't make him look that great, but. Jerry Krause certainly looks the worst in here. I I have no love loss for Jerry Krause. I think he deserved to to be remembered in as the guy who did a great thing and built a great thing and then tore it up needlessly. Okay, so that is you know both are on him. He probably it would be nice to see more of like the savant portion of what he was as a GM and getting why did he why does a guy like Jerry Krause who came from baseball know that Scottie Pippen's the guy that he's got to get like why does how how was he able to figure that out mm-hmm. and bring him over from Seattle you know within the draft and know that and project that and nail it he did it you know he did it with Rodman Rodman was a known commodity but he took a big risk to get him in there but all of the I mean Horace, you know, Bill Cartwright, they talked about sure. him as the piece. That, so he did a but great to, job. But to me, the building of the team, it wouldn't have ever worked except for there's one piece that is the number one reason why it worked. Well, more than Michael Jordan. Phil Jackson. No. Yes. Michael Jordan is more the reason it worked than Phil Jackson. But Phil ja- and but Phil Jackson is another credit to Krause, right? Because he got rid of a sure. guy in Doug Collins that Jordan loved. Right. And said, no, we got to go with this guy. And so they did. So I... Like, you want to know the part of the I documentary? You want to know the part of the doc that was so that had a, so many holes in it? 
Phil Jackson's this great NBA player, plays for the Knicks, wins championships. And then before he comes back to the NBA, he just spends four years coaching in Puerto Rico. Yeah. What? Yeah, Why? Yeah. How? Give me more. They had like a little footage of it, but right. what what led him there? What what spiritual journey was he on that made him go there? Totally. Why didn't he just coach in the NBA or in college in America or something? I mean, obviously he wanted to be there, yeah. but it just seems so strange. But in any case, I you know, if Jerry you know, could sit here and be interviewed for this and explain, you know, what, you know, his thinking or what was going on, that would be great. But also I don't think in the moment like that there's any excuse for what, what it is that he did. But also, as I've said before, the guy who, who doesn't look bad in this is Jerry Reinsdorf, but is, is the, he's the responsible party in this. I mean, it's just like he, why is it and maybe it happens here at the end because this is going to be the finale and we're going to get to the end of the season and then that's going to be it that's going to be all so i assume that we will get something but i i don't i don't know i can't even think of an explanation that will be sufficient for me for jerry reinsdorf as the owner to not just overrule if you got to fire him then fire him do whatever you got to do but we're not getting rid of phil and thereby getting rid of michael jordan period we're not doing it that's six that's six out of six and and you're an idiot if we're doing anything other than this, and the fact that he didn't do it, I don't care what the explanation is. There isn't one good enough to get you there. That was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. Love Burn Street. Thanks, Burn Street. Am I right? You're absolutely right. Thank you. How about how about the end of episode seven when Michael Jordan cries? Yeah, that's gotten a lot of run. It's got a lot of run. Look, man, I I know you got your theories. We don't have to go there, but well, it, I mean, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that crazy. Let's look, look. He spoke about what is without question the most actually emotional part of this whole documentary, which is the the murder of his father. Okay, and you saw, I mean, the actual most emotion that we've seen from Michael Jordan is laying on the floor after the championship on Father's Day against the SuperSonics, right where he's. He is without reservation bawling his eyes out, laying on the floor, holding holding the basketball. Okay, it's one of the all time moments. But for the first time to hear that audio, it took it. It's a, it's just a whole different realm. Okay, he goes through the whole interview, sitting in the chair, talking about this, and time has passed and all that, and he's able to have you know be more just kind of reflective about it. Okay, and then he gets to the end, and they're kind of I don't know if they're pressing him, but they're talking about the now. I'm not saying it's not an emotional thing to talk about how much you wanted to win, and maybe other people couldn't appreciate that and and to have that be something that is there. I don't know how long he's been sitting in a chair. The glass of whiskey has clearly been refilled. It's tequila. Come on now. It's Añejo Tequila. Ahmad Rashad owns the company. They're selling the bottle that Michael Jordan is drinking in the show for $15,000 per bottle. Okay. Well, all I'm going to say is this. Who amongst us hasn't maybe found themselves a couple of tequilas down and then found something to be quite emotionally stirring? That's all I'm saying, okay? And that doesn't mean it isn't emotional. Often it means it is, but, you know, I don't think this was such a revelatory moment like everybody's painting it of of just (laughs) a deep desire to win. I think the explanation is maybe just a little more on the surface. And in another circumstance, I'll bet he could talk to you pretty 
dry-eyed about how much he wanted to win and the level at which others maybe didn't appreciate that as much as he did, you know? So that's that's all I think. I mean, I, I hope I'm not callous. I, it's just my Crying opinion. aside, okay. though, what he said, though, I thought was so Nailed good. Nailed it. It was so good. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. Okay, break. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you out there? Go Lutes. If you uh, missed anything in the show today, particularly me nailing it on every point that I've made, you can check it out on the podcast. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. The podcast is uh, for your pleasure and at your leisure. That's the way the things work. Uh, podcast available thanks to Blackfoot as well as Alpine Touch. Uh, Coulter, the new Rams jerseys came out. Birthday cake. Is that what you think? It looks like you put the number on with the birthday frosting, the cake frosting now, squeezer. I think they're horrible. You think they're horrible? I think they're horrible. I uh, I don't really, I can't even remember the last time I saw an NFL jersey that I was like, that's sweet. Oh, really? I mean, most NFL jerseys are so bad. A lot, many of them are. What's the worst jersey? The Vikings. Oh no! I mean, I hate the Vikings. Believe me, and I will. I will. The Packers start. are pretty bad too. Okay, you, you, you are lost. Maybe our <laughs> listeners have us confused for each other. Maybe that's what's going on. So here is what's going on. Okay, uh, who has the best? The Tampa teams? Bay ba- Buccaneers bad. are thirty-first. 32nd and alone in 32nd to me is the Denver Broncos. Ooh. I hate the Broncos mm-hmm. uniforms. And it's the hate is accentuated because when they go with the orange crush with the old like uh, robin egg blue Hello? helmets with the with the D on the side, then that's that's one of the best jerseys ever. And they do that throwback from time to time and I'm like, "What are you doing in these just horrendous looking things that they got and i i, I roof they're my, they're my afc team i love denver but you got to do better than that that's terrible chargers have sweet jerseys the new chargers jerseys i was going to say all the chargers jerseys throughout all the years have always been sweet. no I, I don't agree with that i don't agree with that but the new chargers jerseys were who a significant else? upgrade who else has sweet jerseys but these rams jerseys the dolphins have kind of sweet jerseys you hate them 30th no Oh, yeah. Why do you like the Packers jerseys? 
Yeah. It's such a bad color combination. It's, they're just ugly. It's it, it, it suits. It, there's a level at which they are not that that becoming. You know who's okay. got good jerseys? So I don't argue that. The Browns got good Cleveland. jerseys. Cleveland. Cleveland's got all, good jerseys. All day. Absolutely. 49ers, pretty good. Yeah. Chiefs, pretty good. I would say this. The 49ers, to me, have have the widest disparity. Because, you know, they come out. Sometimes when they do, like, the all red or mostly red, but then with the dark lines, I think it looks really sharp. Mm-hmm. The kind of white 49ers jerseys, though, don't do anything for me. But the, these new, I got to see the Rams jerseys. So the helmet is pretty bright. Like, it's very bright. It's let's put it like this. It's very Los Angeles. I understand why they did what they did for the Rams on this thing. I don't think it's great. I don't hate it yet, but I might get there. There's a couple things that I do like about it. There's a couple things I hate about it. I think the Ram horn and the logo are just brutal, though. I just think they're awful. And I, th- I mean, when they revealed the logo, I was like, "Are you what?" What is this? Like, which which third grade write-in contest did you select to be the winner of this? You know? So that's the thing where I, I, I they lose me on that. Now, they showed the video of all the players opening up their new jerseys and stuff, and they're all pumped up about it. Now, how much of that is towing the company line? I don't know. But they look to be, like, pretty, pretty excited, pretty happy with the new jerseys. I, I don't know. It's going to take some time. But in any case, Denver. It, it's your turn now. The Browns have changed their jerseys slightly, like four times since the last time that the, the Broncos did. So let's go. I also I know that it's classic. I don't. I don't. I don't eh, it doesn't bother me. This is sort of middle of the road. But the Colts, I just don't. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it no, it doesn't I, do it for I, me. I agree. All right. Well, good input by you. Thanks. So let's just recap quickly. Okay, Patrick Mahomes is good, but not unanimously the best. <laughs> Pacific Lutheran is the best D D three university in the country, and uh, whatever else I said before also is is all true. Boys and girls, have a wonderful Thursday. We'll be back with you again tomorrow to tell Nuanas ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.